and then he plowed it under. But, but man, I, I, I can't believe the neighbors didn't complain more than they did because it did not smell good. Well, the thing of it is, though, it's farm country. It's not supposed to, you know, it's sort of like in the John By the Way thing when he was talking about farm life. Oh, Grandpa walks out in the field and he goes, that sure stinks pretty. <laughs> well, do you remember the harmers and the coxes putting manure on their lawn in the spring? And it smelled the high heaven for at least a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they didn't have any room to complain, right? <laughs> we all smell bad. That's the way you did it. They're in a small town. They don't worry as much. If you tried doing that today in Mapleton, you probably get it. Oh, it's like here. Um, the neighbor over here was over. The kids wanted to ride in the trailer while we went from the front yard to the back here. And he's like, hi, man, Ty, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the... It's interesting as you talk, the more memories come out. Do you remember the um, police officer Steiner? Do you want to sit over here, Robin? Steiner. Steiner's, we used Can to Robin sit on that, that chair, Isabel? I forgot that he remember was a the police party officer. line with the Steiner's? You might not, George. That was way before my time, yeah. yeah. I remember the party we line. We pick up the phone and listen to their conversations. <laughs> they have girls a little bit older than most in our family. Yeah, and I think so. We're teenagers, and we couldn't get on the phone sometimes because yeah. of them. And I learned how to ride a bike because they had a little teeny bike that I was probably only two and a half or three, but I could reach the ground on it. And I'd go and borrow their bike in their carport and ride it around, around, around in circles. Another time when you go to the neighbors and... <laughs> See, I, I learned to ride a bike up and down our rock driveway and I remember falling quite a few times. and. Probably one slightly big for me. I never had a bike of my own, even though that was my wish. Every time I blew out candles every year is that I have a bike. <laughs> oh, I never really? Had one. So do you have a bike now? I don't. I've never had a bike. Man, I might have to go buy you a bike. <laughs> 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 no, I remember riding a big old bike to my first job at Springdale High School one summer. What and kind of and job? getting there was really easy, but getting home after a long day yeah. of work, that was I tough. Feel so, yeah. so we would go to seminary. We'd, we'd get the last class of seminary. We'd ride our bikes all the way into, high, into Springfield High School. And then we'd, we'd go to seminary. We'd run track or, or cross country. And then we'd ride our bikes all the way home again. <laughs> oh, when you say we, who was Eldon and I. You're an Eldon? Yeah. Okay. What's that? I worked after school as the janitorial service stuff and I didn't have a bike for the first year and so I would run home I'd run the three miles home after oh, wow. after working and yeah it, they, one or two people said why don't you join the track team I'm working I don't have time for that <laughs> <laughs> but you're getting plenty of work you know you're <laughs> plenty of training in. the only time I rode a bike home from Springville High is when I was taking driver's ed I think it was during the summer and I'd ride the bike to and from driver's ed that was the only time I got bit by a dog on the back of my Ouch. leg. I think I remember crossing a little narrow bridge over the, the river that, that was, you, you could go around the corner and around that way and then back to the high school, or you could cross this raging river. Oh, Hobble Creek. the river sometimes. Yeah. So you didn't have to go around, down, and then up back yeah. up again. That was really scary and stupid, though. One of the memories I'll bet others have, I remember after lunch, sitting down on the couch with mom and her reading the 
we, um, we went went through so many books that way. Yeah. Little Black Sambo. Well, <laughs> that's been banned by the She read Donald's Little Black Sambo every day. Now you can't read that anywhere. We have a new version of that one. It's called The Boy and the Tigers, and he has different names, and his parents have different names, but it's an exact same story. That's so dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we we have a little black sample book though. Still, yeah, we Bible do. I, story books. The, the yeah, blue yeah, ones. The blue yeah. ones. Did I've you, got, I've got, got those. I've got those. Yep. I remember going through a ton of other books, and oh, the Louisa May Alcott. <laughs> yeah, and and I remember begging her one more story, please, and she'd be nodding off, just falling asleep. <laughs> I remember the <laughs> ones, but she did that because she didn't have the energy to chase us all around right after lunch. It was her way of getting us all in one spot. I think that's nice, though. It's, it's the so best nice. memory. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you, you think about it, how many of us have college educations of one sort or another? I mean, most of us, and, right? And I guess my point is, like, the fact that she read to us every day, I'm sure had a major effect on whether yeah. we ended up, you know, not to brag, but I think we're probably some of the smarter <laughs> people that I know. And yeah, I, I, a lot of that has to do with mom. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of, I've ever heard of a YouTube channel called Smarter Every Day. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Well, just a love for learning. Uh -huh. so, well, that's and why it doesn't have to be school learning. The, the poem that says, um, what is it, greater than I, you will never be because I have a mother that read to me. Yeah. 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 The, just that love of, of reading and, and learning. Daddy used to read us bedtime stories. Yeah, I remember mom reading us bedtime stories too. Yeah. That reading definitely makes a difference. The other thing that it did is, I don't know that I knew the scriptures when I left on my mission, but I knew the Bible stories. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Used to read through, Bible stories. Whether you complained or not. Well, and, <laughs> and we each had a job. We each had something yeah. to do. I wonder if the, do you still have the Hepburn chart at your house, Robin? No, we still got that. With the flowers and the that of felt and the uh, on the board and the flower pots. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Some of my best memories with Dad. I'm guessing I was maybe 12 or 13, and you were 11, and I had your name for Christmas. Oh. And Dad helped me make um, that year two things. I don't remember the wife, but a, a little doll bed with just out of two by two lumber, huh. and then a, a small doll house that was just out of. Hmm. Dad liked to make things out of wood. Yeah, that he was did. nice. Well, I still remember him making the, the railing to go up the stairs. I remember getting up there in the ceiling and helping pound out the, the ceiling so we could build those stairs up. Yeah, we all got to help a little bit with that project. And do you remember painting our room upstairs, the girls' room, and, and, and I think we got a little bit drunk from the paint or something. <laughs> a little bit woozy? Yeah. We got to choose our carpet. We decided yeah. we wanted the celestial room, so we got I our white carpet. carpet. I white still carpet? Went. 
It, it was white carpet. Well, your parents white, were white. so brave. <laughs> well, still like white. We were all kind of big, and Karen color. didn't stay Even very long. White. Basically, all three of them were near adults by that time. Yeah, I lived <laughs> in that room for maybe a year. Well, yeah, because I had built the room that Robin and I stayed in before a year that. before I tore the rest of the house roof off, and I was only there long enough I to barely you get it framed. Up that ladder you go mm -hmm. down to the basement and you climb up that ladder that looks so scary and you'd have something well, in your hand yep. and uh, one hand climbing. Climbing. <laughs> yep. Yep. so so one of my Our earliest memories changed. is i was in a crib in the middle room yes. of the house yep. and um stuff started falling me on me and I woke up and I looked up and I saw a foot being pulled back up through the sheet there the, through <laughs> really? the, the uh, plaster <laughs> somebody I don't I don't remember whose foot it was but yeah, it wasn't mine I think it was Donald's actually yeah anyway and that's why they put the yeah. stairs right where they did because oh. of the ceiling the being the hole yep. yeah. oh my word I so didn't know that they didn't fix the hole they just put yeah. the stairs there okay. yeah <laughs> Craig's cousin Scott had a hole in their ceiling. It was just was there for a long time after he put a foot through the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> well, it comes to funny stories that way, though, too, is your one organ recital. Yeah, when he was president, that's what I would say. Oh. In, in the American Fort Tabernacle. Somebody put their foot through the yeah, ceiling there, huh? Yeah, there was a... During the thing, recital. During the recital and stuff, we had no idea anybody was even in the roof. All of a sudden, we had this crash tiles falling in and stuff on the thing and here's his foot sticking down well at least the whole body didn't come through yeah, yeah. come to our house about a year ago to work on our air conditioner and, and someone fell through the the ceiling in our garage oh, really oh he was okay yeah you gotta be careful in attics because if you're not stepping on the beams yeah. the other part isn't strong enough to hold you yeah. But no, it was pretty funny. The ceiling tiles came in and everything. Yeah. And the people that were playing, it was a duet of a husband and wife that were playing the organ. And they didn't miss a beat. They just kept right on going and stuff. <laughs> just, and everybody else is kind of looking up back up there above the like last row up in the balcony section and seeing this guy pull his foot back in. <laughs> so, other memories. Hmm. So, we had a summer where, um, I can't remember. I can't remember her name right now, but one of our cousins, um, Gail's daughter, came. And Tiffany. Oh, yeah. Tiffany, that's right. Yeah, yeah. do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Well, I so, remember, I think their youngest, she was pregnant with the youngest, and, and I think all the girls went that summer to help her. A week or two at a time. I remember the dress that she wore and her daughters wore for Grandma and Grandpa's 50th wedding anniversary, but she had the TV on. And I got distracted by something on the TV, and, and the scene kind of went. That wide for the semi. So I had to take it and do it over. Yeah, well. So what were you gonna say about Tiffany? Oh, just I, 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 I like, I wasn't very nice to her <laughs> that week. So she was like, I, you know. Cayenne pepper always gives me a stomachache. I, so I handed her a bottle and it said capsicum on it. <laughs> I said, well, this isn't cayenne pepper. See, it says capsicum. <laughs> so she took a cup full. <laughs> a cup full? Uh, just a cup full, not a cup oh. full. <laughs> They're capsules, oh, yeah. Okay. And, and another thing, like, um, we took her for a horse ride on Rocky. Um, and um, she, I don't think she'd ever been on a horse before. And so we, we got out, and Rocky was famous for, like, you'd, you'd have to kick her and, 
you know, beat her to get her to go anywhere. But on the way back, she was all running. And, and so she was on there and I was walking and um, we decided to turn around. Rocky just took off and she was just screaming her guts out. <laughs> she just said, I have a picture somewhere of, um, she had all you guys dressed up in girl clothes and bows in your hair and stuff. She just was that kind of person. She likes to do that. But she has a little bit of autism herself. I think she found out. <laughs> Plus, all our children have autism, except for maybe two out of so, four or six children. Do you remember my horse, Mischief? I, I do. I don't yeah. Exactly the same challenge. She got just fat enough that, well, okay. and, and Mischief was given to me when I was eight. <laughs> I probably needed something to take Mommy, care of and dad needed a horse to kill the garden. Oh, I have one that's similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> that was Rocky. Sure you're not wearing it, but you have one. Yeah. Like Mischief that. I sold to the Olsons <laughs> when I was 14. You sold Mischief? Was Mischief your horse then? My horse. I never knew that. Yep. I remember be getting on Mischief. I think I was behind you. And when she'd go up and down, I'd laugh. And the more I'd laugh, the more she'd... Bounce. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was a really smooth trotter, but she had a or, or galloper, but a horrible trot. <laughs> anyway, she would do the same thing. You'd have to really kick her and try and go away from home. But going home, it was full tilt. Going, I don't know where you learned this, but this is not the way a horse is supposed to act. <laughs> anyway, I had decided that. I was tired of wearing hand-me-down clothes and nothing was fitting because I was a little taller than Kenneth and Robin and the hand-me-downs weren't working and and at 14 I sold Mischief because she wasn't getting ridden and, and the Olsons wanted her. Uh, $55. I took the entire $55, put it in a tithing envelope and gave it to the bishop, went home, recorded it with my tithing slip and advanced tithing and two weeks later I had one of the only two jobs in Mapleton and I was paying more for tithing teenagers. for teenagers for 14 year old teenagers and paying more tithing by the end of that summer hmm. what a testimony of tithing huh <laughs> so what, what did you do in the job it was the one where the city was given federal funds unfortunately I would <laughs> not really support of that but I was hired as one of the two teenagers that got to maintain the park and, and ball fields and venues, city offices and that kind of stuff. Hmm. So I earned enough in addition to clothes to buy that stupid tote goat. I remember that. And then in the summer, maybe the next year, I sold the tote goat and bought the motorcycle. Well, you were one that got to go to the Palmyra Pokemore Pageant, too. Yeah, Tell us about that. I'm trying to remember how that was. Um, I'll bet if you moved up. That's the way they chose me in high school. I, I was the, it was my senior year in high school, and I was a nothing. I wasn't class president in seminary. I wasn't seminary president. I was a nothing. But for some reason, Peterson was Brent Peterson was the seminary president and he couldn't go. They had one from each seminary go back to the Elkmore pageant to work on the pageant with the full-time elders on the um, set 
set and, and lighting and so forth. And I got called in right after seminary one day and asked if I would do that. Oh. And I'm going, uh, I have never been away from home. I mean, I really, <laughs> all of my, all of my fears came up, but it changed the course of life because Donald had gone on a mission to Hawaii, Kenneth had gone on a mission to Japan, and I hit that rebellious streak. Not that it was a short one. I think I had a rebellious streak in me <laughs> growing up here. Hit that rebellious streak going, I'm not going on a mission. I'm not following the footsteps of Donald and Kenneth. And, and that changed my whole perspective of life. I, I thoroughly enjoyed serving. So did you meet Jane Braithwaite? I don't know if she was doing it in 76 or not. I have no idea. Of course, she's an assistant director. Are you talking, we're talking about the Palmyra pageant, Kenneth. Oh, Palmyra. Yeah, Palmyra. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, we were going to be able to do that on our church history tour that we're now taking this fall. Oh, that is such a great... Oh, we love... We didn't do the church history tour per se. We did like... We traveled basically we, the same route. Well, when this we were... This is church history and Book of Mormon land. Oh, okay. Right this will be really cool. Uh, yeah, oh, that's that one that Beard did. So when we first were in... Not first in front. One year when we were in front, but I remember when. But we went back and we got to stop in Nauvoo for a few days and and go to Liberty Jail and some of that. And then two years ago, we went back and went up to Vermont. I had family history I wanted to look at in Vermont. My great-grandfather was, was born and raised in Vermont. So we went there and went to the, the prophet's birthplace and then down to uh, Palmyra, Sacred Grove, stayed there a day and went to the temple in Palmyra. Oh, that was such an awesome experience. I hope the temples are open in October and we can visit Palmyra. It was neat. We got to go to both of those temples when we did those trips. Anyway, then we went to Palmyra and then we went across to Kirtland and, and got to visit the Kirtland Temple and all the sites around now, Kirtland. Fred, did you get to go with us on the trip that our family took? Back he was on his mission then. You were on your mission then. And I remember... I was... I, was that, I had just graduated from high school, I think. And I remember getting a letter saying, we waved to you as we drove across I-80 or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm going, you didn't stop? <laughs> well, we, we very specifically were told not to stop. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Back in those days. Yeah, it's funny. Now they have stories in it. Yeah, we had that big sign. I think I helped make it to begin with. It said, welcome home. And we just changed the name on it. Where'd all the fresca come from? Grandma must have some. She's giving yeah. to the kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got some clouds. So, what do you remember? I think growing up. A lot of cats. 
Well, that could have been an early memory, or it could have been a memory from any time. Oh, when you were before Mapleton. That's right, I almost forgot that our oldest siblings live somewhere besides Mapleton. Yeah, we moved to Mapleton when I was, I think, nine months old. Oh, so you weren't born when they were in Mapleton even. Yeah, I was five. I was nine months old. Okay. I was five. I was a baby. Yes, you did. That's the one you put in. That's kind of sour, though. It's lemony. Well, it's grapefruit flavor. Yeah, it's like it's sour and sweet at the same time. So you gotta remember them building the uh, freeway. We could watch the freeway construction from oh, the front yard there. And, uh, hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'll need to keep it a little simple. I'll tell you. It's kind time. of interesting, huh? All the rest of us have only remember Mapleton. Do you remember anything besides Mapleton, Fred? Or you're too young. If Karen was only nine months old when you. So you remember living in that one house, huh? Mm -hmm. Kenneth's the oldest one here, and Donald doesn't yeah, remember a lot of things anymore. The basement house. You remember living anywhere besides Mapleton? Growing up, Robin? Oh, I just remember living in Mapleton. That's all you remember, too? Yeah, that's all you remember. Oh, you were pretty young, too. Mm -hmm. I remember Robin putting oh. cherry pits up his nose. Yeah, I put cherry pits up his nose. <laughs> you remember that, Robin? Yes. I oh, remember. no. You remember that? Yes. Wow. <laughs> that was pretty silly. <laughs> did you get him out safely? We have more cherry pits if you'd like. <laughs> I think you and I and Robin <laughs> got in the car one day. <laughs> we were real young. We found some vitamin C in the glove box of the car. It might have been just me and Robin, but I thought you were there too. And it wasn't vitamin C, it was fly poison or something. Oh no. Oh. I remember that, yeah. And I wasn't involved, but I remember. We ate way too many vitamin oh, C pills. Really? And went in and told mom we'd eaten vitamin C. And so she had us throw up, but Robin wouldn't throw up. He had to be taken the hospital and oh. his stomach pumped. I think I remember. But you were able to throw up. About to that. Pumped episode, but I didn't yeah. remember what. We were quite involved. young. We were. We I remember were hearing that story, but I didn't remember it the same way you told it. And it was it was a good hiding place. You'd think a glove box of a car would have been a good place to hide things so the kids wouldn't get into it, but. <laughs> I remember Donald. Well, I remember hearing his, about that, but I didn't know where you found yeah. it. The rat poison. Yeah. Oh, well. I think Donald got his arm stuck in there. Yeah, yeah, I uh, remember pulling the plug. Oh, you were there? Yeah, I pulled the plug so he could get his arm out. Oh, yeah. So we pulled the plug. Nice to have siblings that help out, huh? One of the things that I have often told about our family was you remember Terry and. Kenyon? Kenyon. Yeah. He would always come over and see if I could play. And I had no desire to go play with anybody. We had plenty of things going on in our house. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> there was there was yeah, no reason to want to. We didn't really want to go make friends outside the home because there were too many friends inside the home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think we might have not got yeah. real social because of that. Turn in the prison up the for murder. Oh, no. I read about it in the paper. Yeah. 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 
second oldest. Okay. I've never had either. And Terry, I've only heard from once. I'm Facebook friends with Kelly. So you, did I saw girl? Kelly a few years ago in Maple. Kelly the girl you guys uh-huh. used to play with her all the time. And and Kelly married, or uh, Kelly's brother Doug married um, Arlie Young. Arlie, I think her name. Okay. And, and she was Jeff Young's sister. Yeah. And so I see posts about Doug and Arlie every once in a while. They're actually doing pretty good, aren't they? I think they? they're doing really well. They were, he was still strong in the church or something and doing well. I can't remember exactly. I can't remember, but it seemed like they're doing the good. the family that's doing pretty good. I think Kelly is too, as far as I know. Yeah. She married Brad Haynes. Doug was um, kind of an unusual kid. Kelly was real thin, and Doug mm-hmm. was... A, a spindle until he got to about 14 and all of a sudden he goes I'm gonna lift weights and I'm gonna be strong and he pumped up and got so big so fast it was ridiculous and like, oh my goodness what suddenly changed <laughs> really I didn't know about that well, Kelly had a, a baby in high school yeah oh did she yeah there was a she got a little too close to a boy in high school he ended up having a baby. Oh, yeah. Brad Haynes. Yeah. Which one? Brad Haynes. Oh, Brad Haynes. He was my age, so I knew him quite well. Yeah, and Brad took that little one and it's his own. <laughs> now he's probably, she's the baby's probably 42 or so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's been 40 years since I graduated. <laughs> Where are you going? It's so weird. What? How did this happen? The years just went by and went by. Yeah, lots of years ago. It's amazing what has changed in our short lifetime because we grew up in a very protected, um, calm, law-abiding era. And well, where, where kids could run the neighborhood and mm-hmm. be relatively safe. And... You don't really want it's definitely a changed world now. Oh. Well, and we've gone from ringer washers to cell phones in our pockets, too. Yeah. We have ringer washers in our pockets? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. Just smaller, that's all. If you put your finger in, it'll ring it. So, we were just looking at ringer washers, by the way, um, because we're going, what would we do if we didn't have electricity? And the hand crank and, and ringer and so forth, they're a thousand dollars. No, no, the, the new um, for the Amish and, and Mennonite communities. In fact, Renona said, you know what, I want to have a sewing machine that if we don't have electricity, I can sew. We have a treadle. Well, buy the belt now because you won't always find it, but I bought extra three or four belts for it. And we bought a completely working one, but when I'm going, I'm not sewing on a straight thing when I've got sewing to do. It's got to have more options. Options. Now, I, we learned to sew on mom's old black. That's what she sewed on, it was a 
And I remember incredible. making a blouse and I had to hand stitch all the buttonholes and Gianna Evans took pity on me and she gave me the... the Is that where we got our buttonholer? Yeah. Okay, because I remember learning to use that too and that was nice to have. We bought a... <laughs> You got that machine, don't you, Janet? I have it, yeah. You have that machine? Yeah. Yeah. We but it doesn't have a treadle. treadle machine. It has all of the it does zigzag, zigzag and everything on it. Wow. And really? We put it in. I had to slightly modify the case. And I cut an extra well, quarter inch. Well, you get exercise. And it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> when Anna said... I'm just going to use that from now on because I can get the exercise. I think she made it 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a lot of work. If anybody wants that old bringer washer, I think we still have Did you pour it out? So, you don't get more. So, Mom had a regular washing machine and it went out. Yeah. And we ended up pulling in that ringer washer again and using it for like another year or two. Yeah, I remember oh, wow. doing that at yeah. some point. When we were really young, that was what she used yeah. to begin with. And then, well, the ring well those things were diehards, man. Doesn't it require electricity to run the ring? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It, and it and it had a, you know, it had the tub and it had an agitation cycle, and then you'd pull them out and you'd run them through the ringer and she then put them into the dryer. And the dryer still works, so she'd use the dryer, but no, it wasn't. I put, well, yeah. I put like, I put like this much inside, and then I just put the dryer and speaking of getting in trouble <laughs> so, so dad had a 22 rifle and i was fascinated by that i must have been like seven or eight years old so i i that ladder coming down into the basement i went up and got it and and went one-handed down the ladder with the rifle and out to the barn and I was trying to figure out how this thing works. I actually ruined that rifle because it, I, I, just, I was putting nails into it, trying to like, you know, something ought to work here. <laughs> I didn't understand. And you were like eight or something? I was, I was really young. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it, it wasn't a nail gun. Yeah, he had a couple of rifles up there that were not protected. They were just sitting on the rafters of the. Okay, I'll take it away from you. I never touched them because I never had any interest in in them at all. But you, speaking of getting in trouble, Dad failed me in one area. He didn't make me repair the things I damaged. <laughs> I went over to help the Olsons one day, and I don't remember what was, but I took the tractor over to help him something in his back area. And coming back out of the field, I put it in too high of a gear, and it had the plow still on the back. And I broke the three-point. Oh, yeah. It actually snapped it, and Dad had to bring it in and get it welded again. On another occasion, there's three times I can remember my impulsivity breaking things and Dad not making me repair them. That's probably because he wasn't sure you'd do it right. <laughs> yeah, that's we exactly. should have been made to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> or to earn the money or something. Um, he had borrowed Grandpa Oliphant's uh, tiller, and he hadn't told me to use it, but I could see that he was only halfway through the garden, so I decided to go out and finish the garden. And I hit a big old rock uh, with the tines, and it flipped it sideways. I was too small to. Catch it, yeah. And it smacked a, a tree that was along that edge. You might remember the tree along that edge. And 
cracked the the throat of the carburetor on it oh, no. and had to have the entire throat upward replaced. That's two. <laughs> and the third one, I was just thinking of it, but none of the three did he say, you broke it, you fix it. Fred, how many years were you in the White House? Five. Five years. I kind of almost thought it was maybe six, like 16 because you know, two presidents. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just barely overlapped into um, the second Bush. Just, what? just a George Bush? Dad, what? Yes. Most of your time was with Did, did you find it? Way to go. Hey, I got two flies here. The biggest difference that I saw individually was Clinton could care less and it his entire administration could care less thing. what sacrifices the people at work to try and keep things running and making. So, I, just to give you a snapshot of travel, when a president goes somewhere, it takes stateside about five to six days to set up all the communication gear, and that's working in 12 to 15 hour days in that community so that it's got all of the radio networks there for the Secret Service, it's got the, the phones and, and the security in place and everything else. Uh, and all the communications going in place. It's probably changed today because they're using secure cell phones more. And, but we would have to put in 60 to 100 phones in a week so that the press and all of the staff and everybody could plop in, make a few phone calls for two hours, go back and jump on the plane and leave again. And he would schedule events at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night and then we still had to tear down and jump to the next site to try and get started again. So we had instructions. We had to, you know, set up, set up, set up. We'd stand out of the way, but ready if anything went down to, to bring it back up again. And then as soon as they're gone, we start tearing down. And sometimes you'd miss half a night's sleep or more. You'd get maybe a two hour nap jump on the plane and you're and you're gone to the next Bush give you a little more notice? Bush, interesting, the very first night, um, 10 o'clock at night, he looked at the uh, White House communications team that was there and said, hey, I've still got another hour or so, do you guys want to change shifts? Little did he realize there was no second shift to oh. change to. There was only one of us. But at least he thought about what he was doing to the staff. The other real quick catch from Clinton and Gore. Gore, um, when he was running for president, I was one of the vice presidential team leads, so it was bounce, 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 bounce during that whole year of campaigning. And he would be, so we're standing in the background in a suit and tie, during the event in case anything needed to be repaired and he would be shaking hands smiling coming down the line and talking to everybody we had a little teeny pin on our suit lapel that said military um 
communication, and they could recognize it by the by the pin. So, and we were non-existent. He'd get within two inches of us. You could see his demeanor just go, and then turn and and put back on his smile and, and go to the next person. And I'm convinced he only lost that election by the tiniest of one percent margin. And if he'd been kind to his staff and to the uh, White House Communications Agency and, and the rest of the people that served him, he likely would have won. But he was so mean to the people that served him. He was just completely ignorant of me. And his true colors came out when it came time to acknowledge. I've stories about our current vice president and the way she treats the staff. Oh, I not, haven't. Not good at all. I haven't heard any, but it's just that arrogance that you just go. A book that's in your favor too long. I'm, I'm trying to remember the story I heard about, I forget which president it was, Woodrow Wilson, one of them. But he knew every, he knew the driver's name, he knew the cleaning lady's name, and he would always say hello to him and thank you and, and so forth. And it's that and difference so in nice. teamwork that they right. need to be a team. Realizing that everybody's important. It's interesting how much you can see a difference in people's demeanor that do that. I mean, I can tell just from seeing him on TV that Clinton and Gore were not as kind to everyone, and Bush was, type thing. And Reagan probably was, and you know, different yeah. presidents. Yeah. I just appreciated things, mm -hmm. and cared enough to, to appreciate what was going on. It was a key leadership lesson for me. Well, and that was one of the things in one of my business classes in school, that we had different business people that would come in and talk about their thing and stuff like that. And the ones that were really successful, this is, it's important to treat everybody with respect, including your janitor, because they're reading your trash. They're seeing your stuff as it goes out. They see it. They know what's going on. They're not dumb. They see all that stuff that, that a lot of other people don't get to see. They know more about your company and stuff than some of your people who actually work in your office, just because of where they're positioned and what they're doing and the hours that they're there. And he says you treat everybody with respect, whether it's the janitor or whether it's the guy that services your computer and your IT specialist. Doesn't matter who it is, you treat them all well. Um, here's something for you. Never mess with your IT. They can wipe you clean. <laughs> yeah, your IT guy's very important. Don't I mean, everybody's key to an operation. Daddy, like you're a janitor. Yeah. yeah, us cleaning people, we we're important. Uh -huh. That's right. <laughs> so, so probably for um, um, public health, you're absolutely right. You know, the the garbage man and the cleaning people and janitors and garbage men are probably more important for our health than doctors. Oh, I completely believe that. I don't know. The doctors scare me. Yeah, I think they're actually a detriment. Sometimes it makes me really nervous when I hear that somebody has COVID and they actually go stay in the hospital. I'm like, oh dear, I hope it's not a death sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting conversation. There's there's all kinds of that. And it's interesting that some of these people that get really high that way, they, they get this mentality where those that are subservient to, to them, that they're, well, you know, I'm so high and mighty. It's like, You'd be nothing without some of these people doing all your dirty work. <laughs> I worked 19 years at Mount Pleasant Elementary. 
answer. Well, every job's important. So you're retired now? Yeah, we've got, what, three siblings that are retired now? Kenneth and Karen and Donald all retired about the same year. Well, Fred, aren't you technically retired too? I retired from the Air Force, but it doesn't mean I stopped work. I'm, <laughs> I'm working, trying to, the, the, the wholesome life, teaching people how to rebuild their health is going really, really well. But just one quick story. I'm, I'm gonna start sharing a story here and there on Facebook because people are not seeing the success. Um, last Monday, I had a lady come to me who had her entire life, she's been depressed, anxious, uh, just really uh, headaches, lots and lots of challenges. She's now late 40s, seven children at home, um, no energy, just can barely make it an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, and doesn't dare drive any more than an hour because she was falling asleep. If, if it's any longer than that. So tired. And it's been that way her whole life. And uh, Monday, I had her in. And the first thing that we do is not try and figure out how to repair systems. Because she's been to hundreds of doctors over her life. The first thing I do is we go all the way through the body temple and we turn everything back on again. We remove the blocks and turn everything back on again because there has to be light in every system, every function of the body temple. And it took us, that session usually takes anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes, depending on how many challenges we've got. Hers, and the other thing, broad brush, is most adults have about 30 to 40% of their systems turned off. Like a tripped circuit breaker in a house. 30 to 40% of the rooms are, are flipped off with no electricity going to them. Hers, she had 84% turned off. 16% were, were functioning. And because that's the first thing we check. We check where are we starting? We gotta get to 100% before you walk out of here today. We gotta have the lights on everywhere all the way through your body temple. It has to be because it's not safe to let you walk out any other way. You'll never get fully well. Because the workers have to be able to see to repair things. And you have to have power to all of the equipment in the temple for it to work. You can't plug in a toaster or a blender if there's no power to that circuit. And our bodies are very, very similar when it comes to electrical circuits. So how long did hers mm. take? Four hours and 45 minutes later, we finished turning everything on and instructing her how to keep it on. Monarch. Monarch. Monarch's like milkweed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, milkweed. Oh, yeah. That's neat, Fred. So, um, that was Monday. The next day, she asked a couple of clarifying questions, got back up to 100%. Thursday, she was visiting family from back east. Thursday, she drove 22 hours back home again. And she had never been able to drive any more than an hour without going to sleep. And she made it all the way back home, um, texted me in the afternoon and said, I can't get back up to 100%, what do I do? And I says, how much have you slept? <laughs> you still have to treat your body like all the rest of us do. You can't just let it run. 
uh, just because you suddenly have this new energy and light going on. And a couple hours later, she said, okay, got it back up to 100%, thank you. And, and she's, she's doing phenomenal though. And the process works. We just have to get the electricity running back again. And then I teach them how to rebuild the damaged systems with herbal and, and stuff like that. But that process of how to turn everything on came by revelation, one little teeny piece at a time. I'd wake up in the middle before normal wake up time going, oh, that's how you turn back on that system or that's how you check that system. So now on my website, I give away how to do muscle testing because I want them to come to me knowing their own muscle testing so that we're not spending hours teaching them how to muscle test. Tell us what your website is. I wish I had my cards finished, but it's on the card now. It seems like I saw you had had your card on your Facebook page, huh? Thewholesomelife.info and there's a pictures of people just kind of explaining what I do, but then there's a bunny with one ear up listening learn how to listen to your body free click this link so does the bunny only have one ear no it's one of those <laughs> lop-eared bunnies that naturally leave an ear down i don't know why they do but i thought it was cute for the subject yeah. sounds like you've helped a lot of people seems like i saw one of on am one of ann's posts or something that her you'd helped her husband with some help things too or something there's eight of us here today. Eight of, uh, out of eleven. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine, because the only one that's missing is Donald. And Eldon. And Eldon. That's, 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 Which is a given. Eldon, are you uh, here? He, he Does anyone here. in our family see spirits? I don't actually see them, but Chris has come and visited me a lot. I see. And I, Eldon's been there too. One day I was sitting in church and Mom and Eldon and Chris were all sitting to the left of me. Hmm. Yeah. You, must have been on the ride. you were on the right there. You drove them away. They had to sit on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> There's no room on that side. There was room on the other side. And it was like the people behind, the in the next row behind me. At least I was in the right place. You know, these place. people are here. They're there. Why do you, Fred? I don't. I I, don't I will. I've always. I mean, w- when both of our grandmothers died, certainly I sensed them. I've seen, but you, not seen, but sensed dad a few times. I remember yeah. mom was offended once. How come I haven't seen him? Uh, different gifts for different people. Yeah. The, the more work I do with clients, the more I sense when they've got stuff that's not clearing properly and I can tell them what's not clearing and, and mm. um, but I still depend a lot on muscle testing. We have to ask a lot of questions. I start every single session with prayer because we have to have inspiration to know what to do for those people because they're all strangers to me when they come to me. Mm. I don't know them at all. Now, how much do you charge? I usually sell packages, and it's $3,000 for a year for them to learn how to totally rebuild their health.
I guide them through. So how much do you feed them in that year? Twelve appointments. Oh, about once a month. I just well, the first six, first? the first six are weekly, and then I break them to six week, seven week apart because it's six week rebuild, one week break, and during that break, I help them identify what the next rebuild is, kind of guide them through the rebuild process. <laughs> Yeah. Move our whole party there. Yeah, Where? Let's move the party. Kind of so, so what all what yeah. all do you need there? What, what What's are the we plan gonna... when we go to your house? What's the plan there? You don't need anything cleared out. We just we're gonna look through some. This would be a more appropriate ball for that. Yeah, she said she likes those balls. Yeah, that's this is the ball I'm talking about. Yeah, here you can. Yeah.